0: Dark Days Radio, and you are listening to a regular episode of Dark Days Radio. And tonight we will be looking into the game Tells from the Loop and its sister game, Things from the Flood. I'm one of your regular hosts, Chris, and I am joined by James and David. So, James, how's it going?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's going all right. And all good.
0: Excellent. And hello, David. How's it going? Oh, hello. It's going well. Yeah, good. So, um, right. So, I said, we're looking at Tales from the Loop by Free League Publishing. And uh, we'll be going over Tales from the Loop and Things from the Flood, because they run off the same kind of system. Similar themes, but also different themes. Uh, But they count as a family of uh, games. Uh, And before we get into that, though, we will... uh, talk about some of the news of what things have been released. And James, what have you been up to with gaming? Give us a bit of a gaming update. Now, uh, I guess you're mainly right now doing a bit of computer gaming because you're, you know, in between some things. So what kind of cool stuff is there in computer games
1: right now? Um, So I thought something that was quite appropriate tonally for what we're looking at is uh, the Final Fantasy VII remake has released its demo. Um, oh, yes, and talking about nostalgia for a time that no longer exists, like Final Fantasy Seven. You know, it's it's this game that everyone remembers as this big thing, and if you look at it now, kind of is like you know, Final Fantasy Seven originally. If you look at it, it's kind of kind of hard to look at. Um, so yeah, now they've made it into this big new thing, and they've changed some stuff, and like they've taken, they've they've had to update it whilst also like there was always this big thing of can you just bring it up to being like pretty, but still having exactly the same content because there was some stuff in games, which is a product of it being in an older time that probably isn't super appropriate.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's definitely it's in the, in the, in the narrative that would not work in this day and age. Um, And I don't know really if people have as much time on their hands to play such a lengthy game because I remember playing it, well a friend had it and I remember playing it and we basically took shifts playing the game because it was <laughs> like, you know, you'd be grinding through monsters in regions to get god knows what material and god knows what, you know, items and, and crap
1: Yeah, it's it's su- super strange as well because they're, um, they're releasing it as an episodic, the game's going to be done episodically mm-hmm. and First episode is going to be, I think, up to the end of Midgar. Yeah. Um, obviously, I'll try and avoid spoilers because uh, you know, uh, while while people from our generation have probably heard all of it, you know, there might be young the wee- snappers uh, who don't don't know all of the uh, the juicy deets. Yeah. Um, it's in-
0: it's an interesting game as well because like all the Final Fantasy games that went before it were hardcore, just like standard fantasy. And then this comes out, and it's like this kind of steampunk. Maybe I don't think really quite so steampunk. It's more diesel punk mixed with a bit of cyberpunk, isn't it?
1: Yeah. The the so in some of the previous games, you know, they did have airships and things. Six famously starts with you in magitech armor, which is like big chunky magic robot necks. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's still some uh there is enigmatically some kind of advanced technology in there, but seven seven kind of took it more to like a, a futuristic setting mm. um rather than quite so uh quite so Tolkien-esque, you know, D and D era mm. wizards and warlocks and stuff. Um but still with that current of magic in it. I mean, that would probably be close to your uh, what's it, like a shadow run or something?
0: Yeah, I think that's a, a that's a comparable uh game setting. And I think also it'd be interesting to see how much of the world they explore, given that they'll that you know, with with the graphics that they can do this day and age, I'm sure they'll want to show off bits of the setting that they weren't quite capable of doing back in the day.
1: Yeah, but similarly as well, now it costs so much more to develop that content. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> so there's this uh, there's this really interesting pressure, I think that they're gonna we're gonna find in like what gets cut, what stays. Like, I don't think we're gonna get like um, what's it? this Mount Condor quite early on, which was this this whole area exists for a mini game, which is oh, a real time strategy. And yeah, fucking hell. Yeah, like it doesn't really exist. It doesn't really do anything for the main storyline. You can you can do this. It's self-contained, and at the end you get a summon or something. Like, are they going to dedicate part of their team on this multi-year, like multi-episode title? To oh yeah, by the way, this one's a real-time strategy. Like, yeah. Is it, um, it's I I find you know we're it's in a really interesting age to see this stuff, but. Similarly, you know, we've had some other big profile remakes recently. We had the Resident Evil Two remake. We've got Resident Evil Three being remade, which, which is coming out in April, like early April. Uh, um,
0: but am I right in thinking Resident Evil, going back just briefly, Resident Evil Two remake is that just a pure graphics update?
1: Um, so it's it's using uh, it's using the same storyline. It's um, it's largely graphical update, but they've also brought things up so up to the more modern generation um, right. you, you actually can move while shooting <laughs> but, you, know, yeah. you, don't, you don't necessarily have your tank controls um, okay. yeah but there's still this weird feeling in it that like you can't you can't modernize that without some of those story beats being yes like, still feeling archaic um, and it's it's a really interesting time for remakes because we're, like, we're seeing stuff where games, like, video games are considered, I mean, like, Final Fantasy is has been, like, put into the canon of, like, best game lists ever, yeah. and to now see this stuff being remade for a new generation, um, rather than, like, oh, yeah, we've remade, we've remade this game that came out on the last console like, two years ago. yeah, like, oh, who really needs a remake when you can actually still buy fresh copies of this game? Whereas, mm. uh, yeah, I just, I just think it's very, it's interesting times. Um, cool. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, it is interesting times. So there was something, and this is quite cool. David, you'll like this. Um, I've mm-hmm. read about um, there's a new AMD uh, chip coming out, which is sixty four cores. On one effectively 64 cores on one chip. Wow. And obviously there's multi-threading, so you can do 128 threads. And it's massively expensive, obviously. But because it's got so many cores and it can do so much parallel processing, you don't need a GPU to run. Uh, they tested it on running Crisis. I think Crisis 3 is the classic to test computers on for like how good can it run the graphics? It ran Crisis 3 so it's it's very it's very interesting technology wise that because that's a bit of a game changer with running like simulations on desktop machines because now you know, I think we're seeing the lines blurring a lot more between CPUs and GPUs so that was just the interesting thing i read today and it's related to compute well not this week and that's related to computer games so uh yeah, you know, the things you read up for your job, eh? Um, <laughs> I'll do a few of those for, for what I do. Oh, yeah, I know, right? Well, I'll have one of those in a laptop, please. Just <laughs> sorry, I'm not playing any computer games, honest, Governor. No, last time, I think the last game I keep playing is I, I constantly pick up like, um, uh, Don't Starve on the tablets, the mobile editions, just nice and fun. Um, we really need to stream Don't Starve together because it's just be funny. Um, <laughs> Right. Um, was there anything else interesting, computer game-wise releases or there on went, news?
2: HBO have just signed up to do a TV series on. Is it The Last of Us?
0: Oh yes, that's true. That's
2: kind of cool. That's so. It's well, saw apocalyptic
0: survival
1: horror drama. Drama. Yeah. yeah. So uh, it's it's surprise, surprise. It's zombies. <laughs> um, these are fungal based zombies based on the cordyceps fungus. Um so uh they create these like like the zombies' heads pretty much split open to form these big blooms of fungal growth. Um so visually it's pretty uh pretty horrifying. Um which is you know just a ticket, isn't it? <laughs> yeah cool
0: okay um right so let's crack on with the next bit so news okay so um uh fall of london for vampire fifth edition is in print from modifia so you can buy it in hard copy Uh, i've been reading it for weeks in pdf copy uh it's and it's really good um You've got yourself an entire chronicle there. You've got information about the Second Inquisition with respect to uh, London and its purge of vampires. So, I mean, I personally wouldn't run everything by the book as it is, but there's bits I would here and there I can take, and it gives you some good insight into vampires in the UK and the issues they have to deal with. Uh, and then Hunt of the Visual, second edition Kickstarter by Onyx Bath Publishing has finished its Kickstarter, so obviously if you didn't back it, at some point once the um, pledge manager is up and running for that you can obviously back it post-Kickstarter as per the norm these days. Uh, I can't think there's anything else too interesting release RPG-wise that comes to mind. Um, No, I don't think there's anything else that's interesting. That's grab my attention we forgot something we'll mostly go over at next show anyway mm. uh but that's the news and then i think we can now talk about the main topic Main topic is tales from the loop and things from the flood. So, James, um, do you want to give us a bit of an overview of tales from okay. the loop? Give us a bit of introduction.
1: Okay. Well, first of all, I'm I'm going to pre- apologize in case I, uh, well, I'm expecting to probably butcher this surname, but it's um uh, the two settings are based on the art of Simon. Uh, Stalenhag?
0: I think it most probably is Stalenhag, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, and uh, originally he made, he did one book which was Tales from the Loop um, and then he's done a second art book which was Things from the Flood and those have uh, both been used to inspire the retrospective systems um, so uh, Tales from the Loop is kids around 10 to 15 um, it's set in a 1980s where uh, technology kind of went around a divergent path. They found this tech called the Magnetrine effect, which let them make floating, uh, levitating uh, vehicles that travel above the ground. Um, and then they made big advances in robotics and weird, weird kind of sci- weird kind of sciencey stuff. Um, but this tech, while to us would be amazing and awe-inspiring people have just kind of become accustomed to and acclimatised to. Uh, so there's kids, like, hocking around in the woods and things whilst maybe there's a big robot just walking past. Um, uh, the loop itself is a, a huge uh, proton collider, right? or a particle collider. Um, yeah, a synchrotron. But, yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, and the... Uh, the book, in fact, has two settings given. One of them is on a, one of them is on a Swedish island, and the other one is set in America, in the town of Boulder, Colorado, I think.
0: That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Grand and, Junction, basically. Yeah.
1: Yeah. There's, there's something really interesting in how the book does it, where you, uh, anytime it talks about these settings, it will have. Normally, it talks about them with the Swedish setting, but if you want to use the uh, American setting, it'll have the different name of the area or location or the character in orange text in little square brackets. So you can actually like flip between them quite easily without having to make all those notes yourself to be like, actually, in America, you don't go to this place, you go to this place. So yeah. It's just nice and easy and accessible. Um,
0: so... Yeah, it's it's really captivating artwork because mm. um, I think from perspective of the fact that the core original artwork that inspired it is based around like these uh, snowy wilderness, so it has kind of that kind of weird kind of urban weird folk horror element to it because. You've got the the strange unknown of the wilderness, but then in dispersed it is like these you see in the artwork, like these huge pieces of like abandoned technology, or or um, you know these robots, um, self balancing autonomous robots, and and so forth, and and of course these hover hovering vehicles. So it, it's really uh, un, it's kind of got that kind of uncanny valley feel to it, as in like. Things are recognizable, but then there's this like an element that seems out of place. Um, and yeah, you're right. It's, it's a, it's, I think it's best described as like a forgotten future.
2: Mm. There's something very, to me, it kind of gives me a feel of something very Soviet, but something that could also kind of lead into your, your Fallout wastelands in a mm. distant future. Um, so it's kind of the world is a misty, dark, but almost cyber world, but not quite getting there yet.
0: Yes, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, James, carry on.
1: Um, so, uh, it uses it uses the Year Zero engine for all of its um, Dyson mechanics. That's from uh, Mutants Year Zero. Um, but, of course, it puts its own spin on, on some of the bits and pieces. Um, there's, in fact, recently been announced that there's going to be an Amazon Prime show based on it. Right, um, yep. I, well, I know there's gonna be a show, I think it's Amazon Prime. Um, I am now dating myself, um, but uh, so yeah, like it's, um, I've lost much I thought. Uh, um,
0: I think what you're getting at is that it, it, it's clearly because, it's art, yeah, I mean, because it started off as art, yeah, and because it started off as art, it has kind of Penetrated into media in a way mm. that it isn't hampered by the fact of, oh, it's, it's a game and everyone sneers at a game. It's just art and it's accepted as being an inspiration and that's all it has to be.
1: Yeah, like a lot. I think with with an art book as well, like a thing that you would typically like when you're pitching a project to someone, and I, you know, I've got a bit of experience with this through, through video game stuff. It's one thing to say, but well, you've got this concept and this is how everything works. And people are like, yeah, sure, but like, what does it, what does it look like? Like here, you've got all of this artwork where you can be like, this, these really like these really impactful key visuals, and selling people on it is a lot easier. Like it's it's hard not to look at some of the, I mean, especially like the front cover. It's got these four kids who've turned up on their bikes with these huge towering like monolith kind of like buildings in the background and they've they've got like weird homebrewy tech things but then one's got like a really advanced electric backpack on and it's just like okay yes there is something there is something cool happening here and you can almost tell a story from the art itself. Um and what better way to get people to convince themselves that yeah I can get this role play game and tell my own stories with it.
0: Hmm So, if we just then dive into um, talk about the rules for a minute, Um, because as you said, uh, it's a and this is going to be the thing that's common to things from the flood as well. I say it's a it's this um, d six dice pool system where, as always, you've got a stat and a skill and you roll them, but in this case, you're only ever looking for sixes. To be a success, and most of the time you're going to only need a single success to pass. So that's quite easy enough. Um, obviously, extra successes can be spent on effects, so you can you know buy like to so there's a degree of success. Where you can get different um, influences on on what you're doing, uh, and then much like Cult and Powered by the Apocalypse games, the GM is never rolling dice. So it's only ever the the players that have to roll dice. So it's it's pretty damn simple. Uh, and then also, most importantly for thing, uh, Tales from the Loop, kids don't die. So they'll get scared and frightened. They might get a broken arm or, or something like that, or fall ill, but they won't die because it's kind of like thematically correct to, you know, the... the um, films and media inspiration.
1: Yeah, like, hmm. kids, kids can be put in peril, but they're not like, They're not really going to physically suffer or uh, or be killed during their escapades. Yeah. Um, and that's, in fact, like, a couple of things you've covered are in, like, six p- key principles that are set out in the rule book for, like, remember these while you're playing, which, as you mentioned, like... Uh, the lander loop is dangerous, but kids won't die. Um, if the game is played, uh, is described collaboratively because you mentioned it's that kind of bit of back and forth. Um, but there's some quite evocative ones like your hometown is full of strange and fantastic things. Uh, two is everyday life is dull and unforgiving. Um, but one that makes it that's quite important to the system is like adults are out of reach and out of touch, and that really drives a lot of the like. As kids, you're going to be solving this. You can't just go to an NPC and be like, "You're a grown-up. You fix this shit." Like this is too, this is much bigger than I can deal with.
0: Yeah, I think that's an interesting thing and why it fits with that idea of a forgotten future. Because um, in the trailer for uh, Tales from a Loop, there's a line said by one of the, uh, I think by by one of the adults, one of the kids' parents that says. When you're older, you'll look back at, back on this as if it was as if it never happened, or it was never real, like it was a dream, and that's quite interesting as a thing to say. As in, like if if you read if you read tales from the loop and you read things from the flood, you'll you'll see what I'm getting at. But um you know, eventually, the future that they that the tales world ends up in is I'll end up in. In our future, in our world, in our past and future and our current, present and future, yeah? So that technology and that stuff, as they grow up and they become distant from it and it falls out of use and can't be used anymore, will seem almost unbelievable that it even was a thing in the first place. And I think that's a really interesting approach. It's almost like... It's almost like treating the the weird technology like it was um, an imaginary friend that you forgot
1: about. Yeah, like, and it it is that kind of element of almost unbelievability to it because I I remember talking to someone on uh, on when I was playing this this online game and they'd said that they were uh, a lot younger and it was like well back in my day like we used. To, we used to have to connect the internet on our 56k modems, and it was a yeah. lot harder to play multiplayer games like this. And they're like, "You had to connect to the internet," and it was like, "Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't always on." And took your whole phone out, and they were like, "No, I don't believe you. I don't think anyone alive has lived before the internet." <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and this just hit me that, like, however deluded this kid is, like, that is that is their understanding of the world. It's so so like. Innate, yeah, um and this is what's happened to the tech. Like you know, uh, with with that dusty, misty history. Even I though... think
0: <laughs> I think that's why this game, in some respects, where where it has like the kids have, you know, the kids that the, that you play are running around with access to some of this technology, and then obviously it disappears. Well, it evolves and or disappears and, and so forth. They don't have it. I don't know. I guess. I guess, I think the thing that's interesting about this, like, the kids clearly have the the smarts to use and jury rig up this, like, um, technology to use it to control the robots or fight them or, or fight the weird aliens that come from some interdimensional plane or whatever. But I guess it taps into that thing of, like, for our generation, like, you know, I don't know about you. Like, so, David, what was your first computer?
2: Uh, ACORN Electron.
0: Right, there we go, okay, right? And like um, mine was Yeah, dream. and mine was like an Amiga five hundred, okay? And James, your first computer was
1: some some old Packard Bell.
0: Right. And then obviously you get hold of at a later date, you know, I've got a PC and as James you said, you know, classic, you know, di you you, you, you put in. Yeah. Duh, 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 ngàyu, dari, <laughs> you know, that horrible MegaDevam. Like, you only have to watch, like, the Russell Brown Ponderland about technology. And that's, I highly recommend you people who listen to this, find that on YouTube if you can watch it. Because it's a real insight into te- how, how, how the world was looking at technology back in, the, back in those, you know, in the 80s. Like, old episodes of, like, Tomorrow's World. I was just seemed, thinking Tomorrow's World is brilliant. It so fucking otherworldly. Now you
2: look at what was put on those things, we have a lot of them already existing. We are so it's a bit freaky going back and watching those.
0: There's a classic um, Xanadu, the the home of uh, the guy, you know, which had voice controls, but it was just like it was a bit like it's still kind of clunky. Like even today, voice controls is still clunky because you know it requires like a lot more work. Um, But yeah, it's that kind of like I think I think the reason why you can connect to, like, these kids having to fuck around with technology in Tales from Loop is because we had to fuck around with technology to get it to work. Like, you know, it wasn't so simple as, like, you connect to Wi-Fi and you've just got instant internet. You were just like, why is it not doing it now? Oh, I have to update the driver. Oh, I have to update this driver. Or I have to, like, blow on the freaking disk to get the dust off or something. It's that weird thing, the where... the best, best yeah. I think it's that weird thing where the technology will work, you know, is computers and kind of advanced, but at the same time, still quite clunky and mechanical.
1: Yeah, it's, it's putting me in mind of uh, aliens esque tech, yeah. Um, yeah, that like everything's very solid, kinetic stuff that like you, you fix it by pulling all the levers and clunking all the bits around, rather than now going on and being like, okay, yes, yeah, so I debug this and I like, go into the code and do it. It's all, all much more tactile.
2: Kind of call it like functional future tech. So yeah. it's it's built to last and it's built solidly and it's built to be fixed easily, but it's still future tech. Whereas things like tablets and stuff,
0: oh, you know, God, yeah. it's,
2: not, it's not that kind of level. So um, no. it's a little bit too fragile and finickety so you kind of I, I, I see it as a more functional form of futurist
0: mm. so a good point then is our inspirational media for tales from the loop uh james you put together a list that i i filled out so we've got what we've got goonies classic yeah um short circuit i think fits that weird technology that was a a weird way of looking at robots before robots were really feasible.
1: Yeah. It's
2: also kind of got a kid-like nature to it as well, sure. Like, yeah. um, they are very, very childlike. The robot uh, Johnny Five, as he's trying to learn how to deal with society, which is, yeah. in some respect, what
0: the game game does. Uh, James, I had to answer your thing of what's that? <laughs> what's that fucking film with the little robots? In it? that's like batteries not included, right? Um, yes,
1: yeah, I'm 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 very glad that because I it always comes to mind, but I could never ever remember what it was. Um
0: so there's I'm no glad. kids in it, but I think again it's that kind of nostalgia for a time in that fantastical approach to technology, yeah. and I think they're the cool robots that you always wanted as a kid kind of thing. Um Gremlins is classic. Uh Explorers is a film with um uh Fuck! It's got, uh, it's got uh, River Phoenix, and it's got Ethan Hawke. I can't remember who the other person is in it, but basically, they're kids that cobble together a spaceship, and it, it basically can phase through material and stuff. Oh. It's a bit weird. Um, e. T. is, uh, yeah, is a good one. Uh, good one as well, and one of Sam's favorite things. She's got the entire um series. Eerie Indiana, though I think that's a bit maybe a bit, it's the right theme, but it's a bit more 90s, but it's thematically mm. with the kids about right. Uh, yeah. Stranger um, Things is, of course, a no brainer, but that's because that is specifically the the vibe. Yeah, whenever I tell people
2: about Tales on the Loop, I say it's Stranger Things set in Sweden. Yeah. I don't even mind Scandic Str- Stranger Things, and that's what it is.
0: Um, Flight of the Navigator, yes yeah um, yeah that that fits that kind of all kids playing with weird technology kind of thing, and then finally <laughs> I only mention it is Mac and me, which is basically McDonald's doing a rip off of fucking e t and there's a really fun thing every time Paul Rudd goes on um the Conan show on the u on the u s to do like you know the the you know to do is to promote whatever film he's been in he always gives them a, you know, he's there and he, he, he they're, they're going to show a clip of the film that he's in and it's always the same segment out of Mac and Me and he keeps promising, I won't do it this time but it always is so there's a super <laughs> cut of it and it's
1: hilarious
0: but yeah, that's a shit film, don't go near it it's it's it, it joyously shit joyously <laughs> shit <laughs> is, is forgiving <laughs> um, so what else have we got there mechanically in this um, what can we play
1: as other than kids so there's various uh, instead of your your classes or whatever it's uh, types there's different types of kids um, and you've got eight uh, you've got bookworm computer geek hick jock popular kid rocker troublemaker and weirdo mm. um, so you know there's there's enough there that I think Pretty much anyone can look at a character and need to be like okay yes I can either identify enough with this that it should be easy enough to get into the, the kid mindset or pick something that they're like yes cool I can have a I've got a good idea for for something that fits in this
0: and then the kid types give particular like suggested like skills skill spreads and like um, special items like iconic items so iconic items are something like Bonus on your roles if it's situ- situationally relevant, um, and you have something called a drive and a pride. I can't quite. So I've been reading things, so I can't remember what drive and pride do.
1: Um, so I think pride is um, pride is the thing that I think you have. Uh, you have to kind of defend if it gets pulled up, and I think drive is something you can use to guarantee a. Uh, of success
0: let me just have a look i'm just going through the thing um drive is your reason to expose yourself to the dangerous situations to solve mystery so it's basically why you get into shit and pride is something that makes you feel strong and important so if you can make it relevant to what you're doing it will give you a bonus um to the role um once per mystery, you may check your pride to get an automatic success in a dice roll. There we go. Uh, and then you've got some other things, like you've got relationships and anchors, which are really just about how you form your group. And the other thing you also have to make is a hideout for the kids, because that's where they go to, like, heal conditions. And conditions is basically just injuries and shit like that. I say injuries, but it's, like, upset, scared, exhausted, injured, broken. They're, you know, they're much more like your kid is afraid, not they've been shot. <laughs> <laughs> um and then age is interesting in this, isn't it, James?
1: Yeah, so uh I I was kind of looking in some mechanics kind because of explicit, some uh some bits that come up later, but the you you pick your kids uh for your kid you pick an age between ten and fifteen and for each year above ten, well, you get an amount of stat points equal to the age of your kid. So if you're 10, you have 10 stat points to distribute, be four stats, I think, four stats. Um, and 15, obviously, you get like, a whole other five points, but younger kids get luck points, which you can use to help you, uh, help you push rolls. So the younger you are, the more lucky you can be. Um, mm. And interestingly, you you don't get to raise those stats unless your kid actually grows older. So if you were playing a campaign, there's kind of no growth on that side, apart from actually growing up. Yeah, You can still improve your character. There is an XP system, but that lets you increase your skills rather than your actual stats.
0: Yeah. Cool. So... Now the thing that before we get into things from Flood, like I mean, I'd play this, but I'm going to be honest, I don't find it resonates as strongly with me. And I don't know about you guys if it if it resonates as strongly as things from the Flood. And I'll get into the reasoning for that. And I think David, you've got kind of a similar opinion on why maybe things is a, has yeah. a stronger resonance with you.
2: Yeah, we were having this talk what a couple of weeks ago and it's like things does resonate a little bit stronger yeah um as we'll go into in a minute i um, think
0: but. I, I like this as an emulation of like the uh of that 80s thing and i think what's interesting when you read the book is it's very much like you know you should have maybe like because what I do when I run games is I've got like the screen, the TV, I've got my uh, Chromecast on, I've got like slideshow of like images. You would just put slideshow of images from like particular Mm. films from the eighties, like on there and then be playing an eighties playlist of music. And I think, you know, that would get you in the mood. Um,
2: I think the one thing that resonates for me with this was this, I was going to try, if I had a play it with my kids, this is quite a good system to play with kids because it's based around kids so they can instantly relate to it. Yes. Um, so okay. it's very, very good at that kind of idea, and they get then get to probably explore mummy and daddy's youth. Yeah. And watch the nostalgia on their faces.
0: Uh, I also think the rule system is interesting in the sense of again, like *Power by the Apocalypse, Again, there's no initiative system because it's it's a it's a conversation. Mm. The action is a conversation. It's not a. Uh, it's not tactical combat.
2: It's one thing that within the rules they do state quite heavily is try and leave dice rolling out of it for as long as possible. So it's always about trying to have that conversation. Why is your mother angry that you're home late? Yeah. And things and like that.
0: That's really important to have brought up is while you're the kids are exploring and solving the mysteries and you know, oh, it's old man Griggers as they pull his mask off or whatever. I don't know. Um it's a bit more <laughs> Scooby Doo. Uh but is to always refocus, always look at the, sorry, always look at the, the influence of the mystery on the everyday life and use the everyday life to create the counterpoint to the, the shock and horror of, of the yeah. weird mystery. So yeah.
2: it, 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 it's, you're still kids, you still have a home and you still have to live in this home and, and deal with real life. So you, it's kind of, there are two parts of the role play on there. Like yeah. you go off and you do your mystery, and explore the world and play with technology, but then you go home and you deal with your parents, or you go to school.
1: Yeah, like it's as much as like there's the mystery there. You know, the the mystery could actually be quite benign, but is really interesting. And the the danger could come in the fact that like you're a nerd at school and you're going to get bullied. Like mm. the the kind of fantastical side of it isn't necessarily where the danger comes in. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. Cool. Okay. So we're gonna get into things from the flood. And this won't take that long to go through because it's no. um it's the same but different. And we'll get to why why this is this I think is our is is definitely my jam. And I think definitely David is kind all. of your jam as well with this. Uh, Who wants to take this? David, do you want to go through it, or shall I?
2: Um, I can start. Um, So, Things from the Flood is... um, It's basically the same world as Tales from the Loop, but instead of set in the 80s, it's set in the 90s. So we've moved on a decade. um, And the world has changed a little bit. Um, And there has been an accident in uh, the Loop in Sweden, and something has gone a little bit wrong. Um, and the loop is now flooded. So the particle accelerator that was underneath um, the town and the islands in Sweden has flooded and uh, things are escaping from them. So the world has kind of moved on. It's no longer just uh, the weird tech that uh, with the magnetron stuff going on, um, weird creatures are coming from a planet that I've forgotten the name of at the moment or a galaxy. That's
0: only one of the potential options you can have is the the truth, yeah.
2: Yeah, so no one quite knows what it's connected to, um, but kind of one of the theories is it's Pegasus 51, I think, or 51 Pegasus. Um, But there are these things that are coming out of the Flood, hence the name Things from the Flood. Um, But I say, it's, it's moved on 10 years, and so you can, in a way, you can play the kids that you played in Tales from the Loop, in things from the flood so you've moved on and you're no longer young children you're in your teens um so you can go playing from i think 14 to 19 year olds um and this changes the entire kind of emotional dynamic of the game yeah um, and the kind of that that side of it so you can still bring in the same story aspects but you're now playing teenagers and you have to deal with being a teenager and i think the reason it resonates mostly with me and you Chris is um it is in the 90s and we grew up in the 90s and you read the book and you kind of you recognize a lot of the things and things, and things that we grew up actually knowing about so girls, Boyzone and all those bands and then um like tv shows that we're, we're familiar with and we grew up as a kid with so it, that's kind of why it resonates with me um, Yeah actually it reminds me of my youth and formative years of my life
0: yeah because we're we're i think we're the generation where are you know literally age 10 to 10 to 18 spans that entire decade rather than being like starting in the middle of one and ending in the middle of another Mm -hmm. we're actually across that entire decade so that's why tales doesn't work for me on an emotional level in that sense you know, that's kind of like a, a nostalgia for something which I never lived, whereas this is a nostalgia for something I did live. Um, I, the... do, I do I remember a little bit of the 80s, but it, it's.
2: And you're playing the characters in Tales from the Loop that we were as kids, and I can't really... My memory's not that great.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so,
2: whereas I've got a stronger memory of the 90s of high school and things, so...
0: Yeah. So, things with Flood's... Interesting as well because you've got like this, um, you've got this like ma- uh, machine disease which is causing yeah. technology to become organic and and like cancerous, so it, so like your toaster starts growing like tumors, which is bizarre.
1: Oh, that is
0: gross, <laughs> yeah, right. I know, right? It's, it's
2: there's some wonderful pictures, um, like there's a it basically looks like a spectrum, or is that that? Spectrum ZX, and it's got eyeballs kind of coming out of it. Yeah, uh, in the book. So it's it's it is a bit darker
0: than. Uh, and ales. And the and the robots, obviously, the self balancing robots are undergoing the same issues as well as they're becoming more and more sentient. They're becoming weirdly organo mechanical. Um, there's also lots of stuff to do with the Cold War and the end of the Cold War and future terror and terrorism that's meant to be on the horizon. Um, there's also a lot about like the magnetrine, uh, effect. Like it's
2: slowly dying and one dying, but failing, isn't it? It
0: fails because the poles flip on the, on the, on the earth. And so it doesn't work anymore. And so you've got something like this. Um, you've got like all the floating ships are like stuck because their charge remains, but they can't operate properly. So they just float there. Uh, And it takes, obviously, ages for them, like many, many, many years for them to eventually reach the ground again. So they're just Mm -hmm. floating there as, like, rusting hulks. Um, But thematically, because, James, you went through the six principles of of the loop, and there's six principles... I think there's six principles for um, things. So things has... Everything changes, everything falls apart, which I think is um, a very... Interesting theme for the '90s because mm. I think because of that whole thing of like oh the year 2000 is going to come and it's going to change everything and it didn't. In fact, it's more of the it's more of the same. It's more and the same, shitter. Yeah. Um, and I think that that resonates again because like if you're if you're like a millennial like us, you have a very different view of what the millennium brought compared to like you know Gen Xers who are all like post fucking hippies. Um, <laughs> Let's be honest. Um, You know, they were like, oh, yeah, that's that's why there's a thematic difference between like Vampire the Requiem and Vampire the Masquerade. Um, uh, Anyway, carrying on. Everyday life is full of demands and conflict, because obviously as you're growing up, there's more demands of you and you're conflicting with people because obviously you are exerting yourself upon the world a lot more as you're eventually becoming an adult. Um, Yep. The mysteries are exciting but dangerous and only you can stop them. That's pretty much standard. That's the same as I think. That's the same as again. It's similar to tales, but where as in tales, it's because you're a kid, you view, you see the world differently, yeah. and you pick up on things. As a teenager, it's more like you you see these things, and the adults
2: don't believe you. They don't trust you to.
0: Yeah. Whereas before, they didn't believe you. I think now it's they don't trust you. You were just making trouble. Yeah. Um, you,
2: and as kids and teenagers you don't trust adults. as a teenager you won't trust your parents you won't trust them to fix this problem you've seen what they've done to the world so it's like no, only we can do this because we can't trust adults I think that's probably more where it actually is Yeah. for me um,
0: is there anything else what well, other principles were there uh, the Game is, single uh, single you are
1: neither single. kids nor adults
0: Yes, and I think that's again a really interesting thing about that like mm. transition period in your life, uh, and I think that's magnified with the fact like you know technology is falling apart. All of this is all going to be- everything that you knew of the loop and the technology is all going to become like a hazy, distant memory as your life as an adult takes over, and you have to deal with you know university or whatever, or going to work and then paying the mortgage and these other pieces of shit that get always... in the way. M- mundane stuff. Um but otherwise though, the game is the same in other respects, scene by scene, yeah. collaborative, same rule set, um, same way of designing mysteries. Uh but the character types you've got that you can pick from, I think it's a slightly larger cast of character classes.
2: Yes. There's a few more here. Um obviously you've got you've got Raver added into it. So as you're teenage, you can actually start going out and, yeah, room. so hacker, like hacker, job. yeah, lone John. wolf, motorhead, you've seen that is like a gearhead, yeah, um, party animal, raver, rocker, seeker, snob, and street kid.
0: Yeah, seeker's basically From goth. <laughs> Sorry? A seeker's basically a goth. You know, into their into woo stuff. You know, into the supernatural and the weird.
2: So, (laughs) you might have been a sneaker as a child, as a teenager, but we'll not get into that one. (laughs) Uh,
0: So, then uh, in terms of mechanics, uh, what character creation, um, you don't have age, doesn't influence anymore um, your stat line, the points distribution on your attributes. But all the attributes are the same, all the skills are the same. I think maybe there might have been some of the skills slightly maybe slightly renamed to match the time period. I can't remember off the top of my head, possibly, but don't don't quote me on that. Um but ultimately it's the same in that sense. The main differences are you you obviously still have iconic items, but now you've got all teams have a problem. So something in everyday life that they have to deal with. That's important, like, you know, your dad is an alcoholic, maybe, or, or something like that. You have a drive, as always, why you expose yourself to the mysteries and get involved. Um, you will also have some hooks, uh, which are things that tie you into the mystery landscape, which is something we'll talk about a bit later. And I think also kids have, brain tails have that. Uh, you have anchors, again, kids and tails have that, which are adults and people that you turn to for support or comfort or care. Relationships makes a major focus within um, yeah within things because obviously you have emotions and you have feelings and mostly one one teenager is fucking another one or or something like that you know or they're they're rivals or something or, or you know, typical crap um,
2: just just then, think of being a teenager and yeah and
0: what right and it's yeah and then I finally... Shame. So rather than pride, teenagers have shame. It does the same thing, but it's thematically different. So you would bring you would um use your shame to explain why you're you've got a to drive to, to do something and why. And then if it if it works within the context, you will get uh, a, a bonus success for free. So uh Let's see what their example is is. Their example is, uh, as you enter the third floor of a dark school, you see your teacher standing before you, her eyes closed, she appears to be sleepwalking. Uh the player tries to interact to get her to wake up, can't. So then the character tries to grab them and pull them down with force, they fail, and then they activate their shame to try to pass the test. Their shame being my dad's in prison, everyone expects me to fuck up just like him. But if I save this teacher, I'll show them that I'm different. So that's how you, you use your shame to show that you're not like weak or you're not um, pathetic or worthless or or stupid or whatever your shame, however it fits in. Or poor or, or something like that. Or or maybe you're bullied because you are gay or because you're you know, people ostracize you because of your ethnicity or something. Um, like that, so you can really explore being the shit side of being a teenager quite happily with this game. Um, that's it, I think.
2: The big key with that though is you are in a group and it is cooperative. So, oh yeah, right. Respect the boundaries.
0: Yeah, um, and like and like tales, you've got conditions. Conditions being your injuries, upset, scared, exhausted, injured, broken. But importantly, is this. Every time you become broken, teenagers gain a scar, okay? Now, every time you gain a scar, you roll a d6. And if you get less than the number of... If you score on the die less than your number of scars, you die. Or something else bad happens that thematically fits the story. Such as
2: you... Disappearing. Yeah. So you break, you can disappear.
0: Or you're permanently in a coma in hospital, so it's very different. And that represents, a, you know, you're you're not a kid anymore. You're a teenager, and adults and antagonists uh, will now feel more than happy to brutally harm you, murder you, whatever.
2: Mm. No, it's kind of showing as well the idea is when you you kind of have this sense of immortality within you. Anyway, the world is yours to conquer, and nothing can stop you. Because when you become a teenager, you realise actually bad shit can happen, and things can hurt me, and I can get injured, and other things can affect me, and dying suddenly becomes a real thought in your head. So again, it's changing that theme as as you are actually getting older. You're you're experiencing new life or new new parts of life, and I think that's kind of captured quite well within this kind of scars system.
0: Yeah. So. Getting back to um, why this resonates more, also I think Things has quite a different feel in terms of what media I would suggest watching um, to inspire you for that time period. So I put in the list of things here. We've got Hackers, because that's a... You know, you're you playing oh, oh, teenagers. I, I mean, it's ridiculous, but it's also... It, it feels right. The the music is right. The clothes yeah. are, are right. um you know, Zero Cool and Crash Override and... Um, I'm not going to say
2: that my, my online moniker was Zero Cool for a while, at all. Right.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, moving on. Exactly. Um, uh, another one which I don't know, I, I've asked people and they seem to like blank on it, so um, there were two series done on BBC uh, around about 1991, I think, uh, and the year after, called, one was called Dark Season, the other one was called Century Falls. So uh they're both by russell t davis before he did doctor who well before he did doctor who uh dark season concerns um this nefarious guy called uh, uh mr Eldr- uh, Eldritch. like yeah it is Eldritch yeah uh who is using computers and uh you know gives them to a school because he wants to try and take over the children and control them uh And then it fully evolves into the fact there's like some supercomputer on the school and it was put there by Nazis kind of shit. So, you know, Uh, but again, computers, controlling things. You can add a bit of bio horror with computers. You can can fill in the blanks with that. Uh, Century Falls is slightly different. It's more in the world of folk horror where there is a cult out in, I think it's Scotland, but it might actually be set in Yorkshire. I can't remember. Or maybe it's Lancashire. Anyway, you get the idea. And this cult is trying to bring into the world a god, uh, and they're doing it. They, I think, the sacrifice or the being, the person it will embody is uh, one of the characters. Uh, it's their mother who's pregnant, and so the, it's kind of like fusing the two beings that are in one body into yeah. one body with the entity of this god. Um, that's so that's fucked up. Um, we've got Buffy because Buffy is very nineties. Yep, uh, you know Buffy started was first shown what nineteen ninety six. I want to say
2: maybe ninety
0: five. Um, uh, Sam will correct me hey, or Luke. It, but yeah, yeah, you know, it's that time period. Uh, yeah. the, the TV other... series over the
2: movie.
0: Uh, you can also reference the movie. The movie is much earlier.
2: Ninety two was the name was the film.
0: Yes. Uh, then you've got the faculty, which is where strange alien creatures. Creature takes over a school And everyone goes a little bit Gets controlled by these little um, Parasites Uh, You've got Which also ties in with another film I looked But I've never watched it but now I do need to watch it Called Disturbing Behaviour Which is kind of the same idea but it's more Stepford Wives does Mm. High school uh, where kids are getting Modified by you know Cybertech to make them more compliant Uh, Because you you know That's obviously what parents want to do Oh my child trouble i'll think i'll get them lowjacked, and you know
2: there was the black mirror episode recently where they black yeah put put the chip in the kid's eye so you can see what they're doing and
0: yes and that's actually a good point you just brought up black mirror is good to go look at for um episodes that have either a very 80s or 90s flavor yeah in a way yeah, band snatches I think fits kind of somewhere between the two of these, yeah. where again you've got like a demon in the computer. Well, it depends how you play, but you know, worth oh, looking at.
2: No spoilers on that one.
0: Um, and then the last two I put in because it fits with the biotechnology horror of this—the kind of organo biomechanical thing. So the one is the it's first crazy. one is Akira. Because Akira would like hit UK shores in the '90s, and I remember watching it when I was like 10, so it's formative to me. <laughs> um, yeah,
2: this, this second one is formative to me. And
0: uh, Bio Booster Armor Diver, which is where yeah. you've got uh, basically uh, the nefarious corporation known as Cronus Corp uh, has been has got hold of has access to ancient knowledge that allows them to create to modify humans, to bring forth their true biological weaponized forms known as zoonoids. And then into this, there also is another thing from the creators of humanity called the gyver units, which are biomechanical constructs which can enhance a regular human's um, physiology. And, you know, you've got some teenager who, in Japan, who becomes host to one of the Gyver units. And we're talking, like, it's so superhumanly powered, like, it eventually gets the ability to fly, it can fire out lasers, it has vibrational be- blades that grow out of its forearms, and it also has the the Mega Smasher, which is basically a particle beam that it fires from the, from the chest plates and can annihilate, like, like, the side of a mountain. So... It's amazing. Um, it's fucking cool. The remake of the, the Ant, because they did an OVA... They did the anime. They also did more recently uh, another version of the anime, which did uh, a longer, did more of the comic books into it. Uh, mm. You can also find scans of the manga online, and it's fucking great. Um, so it's still being made the the manga, but yeah, it's mm. um. I think you can, you can look at some of the ideas there for it, right? And that, I think basically, you know, I would run a game where half your playlist is like the Prodigy and, uh, you know, most of the hackers play soundtrack. Um,
2: yeah, I'd probably just play the hacker soundtrack.
0: Right. Uh, well, um, it'd
2: also probably go with the spawn soundtrack as well. It's actually quite yes,
0: good. Yes. That's a good reference as well. Um, yeah. but yeah, I, I, I'm pretty much like once I finally, like once we get coronavirus out of the way, we can finally <laughs> role play again without infecting each other. Um, I really do want to do a one-shot for things from the flood uh, because I I've got real... in my head. I
2: think we've had we've had the discussions. We've got ideas.
0: I think we've had the same ideas in our head because you're <laughs> writing something right now which feels right yeah. for me, and I think you can also look at this as a way of like ideas. Also, could fit quite well with cult, weirdly. Yes, so um, I was thinking that. So Especially things
2: from the flood that can easily fit with cult.
0: Yeah. I don't know, um, James. How do you feel with things from the flood like thematically and and, and ideas-wise?
1: So like, I I have a copy of Tales from the Loop, but I didn't really know that much about things from the flood. But instantly it sounds like there's there's certainly more there that we in particular could probably sink our teeth into. Like um biological tech weirdness is creepy as. Like, do you do you remember a film called Existence?
0: Yes, that's a very good reference, James. It's classic. Um, yeah,
1: biological yeah. VR units and weird stuff like that. And well, the
0: Matrix fits into this also quite happily. And that's like the tail end of the nineties. That's nineteen ninety nine. Just yeah. to make you feel old, the Matrix is twenty years old. <laughs> no, no,
1: no,
2: <laughs> just thinking, no, it's not. No, it's not in the nineties, but it isn't. In-
0: oh. Well, when it came out, as the nineties, and yeah, the the simulation is a reconstruction mm. of. The '90s, but yeah. Um okay. So I think that classic scene when like Neo's like being interrogated and they put the 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 the, the bug tracker on him and oh, the the him. Belly yeah, belly. I think that's all kind of fits with um things. So I think
1: it's just kind of cool. Um, yeah, I think you, can, you can probably do a little bit more with tales uh, with things from the the flat as well. Like I. I keep I keep throwing myself at tales at from the loop, and I'm like, I kind of have this idea, and I kind of want to do this, but then I keep running into places like, okay, yes, like you can only you can only push the situations so far because they're kids and they can't be hurt. And I think maybe that's just trying to run different systems. Like we we mentioned uh, Stranger Things for it, but really, like the level of peril in Stranger Things, I think. I mean, certainly if you look at season three where stuff gets, like, that gets really horror. And I don't feel like Tales from the Loop leans into the horror side of it. It's more like that action yeah. movies thing. Yeah. Um, it's it's the Jurassic Park where the girl defeats a velociraptor with gymnastics. Um, yes. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a thing that should be scary that actually just gets kicked in the face uh, like a big rubber chicken. Um Whereas, yeah, uh, tales from the things from the flood sounds sounds grim, um, and you know I like it. A bit. <laughs> I like it a bit grim.
2: I think um, the one thing with things is because you don't know. Nobody really knows what is coming from the flood. Hmm. You kind of you open up so many ideas to kind of what you can do with
1: it. So, yeah, like that. With that being said, yeah, there is um. Four ways that you can expand tales from loop. There is actually a additional camp, a, an additional mystery book. which there's, is...
0: there's a few actually.
1: Okay, I think so, one has time travel in it, so, like our friends the dinosaurs. I think it's called. It,
0: yeah, we've got we've got uh, a few things. So we've got um, we've got out of time tales from the loop, uh, which is. Um, A series of mysteries that will lead the children out into the wilderness of the loop and down into its secret tunnels. But what uh, does this all have to do with the long-awaited summer camp and the magnetrine ship uh, Susi Talvi uh, and the 1969 moon landing? So, yeah, there's uh, basically a series of things that creates it. And then
1: Uh,
2: there's our friends, the time, the machines, and other mysteries. So, there's a collection of. Um stories together?
0: Yeah, things like toys suddenly developing intelligence, hmm. mystical mummy roaming the beaches, weird events in a local video store. Uh yeah, I mean it'd be interesting to pick some of these up because again, like I think sometimes you need to kind of you need to see some examples to kind of feel for where you're going with things. Um, really
2: just on that point. That's one of the good things about the, the actual rule books themselves, is that both Tales from the Loop and Things from the Flood, they do have four pre-written mysteries in there for you to run. So it's not kind of, here's a rule book, go design your own thing. You can actually, you are actually led into the world and kind of how you could form your own mysteries quite nicely in that.
0: Um, Interestingly, there's a hometown hack. guide creating a very own setting with the Norfolk Broads, a UK-based loop.
2: Oh that that oh ah, I think yes, I need that, to that be really I think cool. I need
0: to get that so I can look at it as like so I can tear it apart and figure it out because I'm I I'm having ideas of what I want to do like using using things from the flood but I don't think I need to have a loop uh as it were under under no. uh the location of choice I think there's enough interesting technology and stuff that you don't need to have a synchrotron under every city kind of thing I think you can go you can go weird. You can go weirder, um, with without needing that. Yeah,
1: uh, but you've
2: now mentioned Norfolk, and I grew up around the Norfolk Broads, so I'm going to have to look into that one definitely.
0: Excellent, excellent.
2: There's a few stories I could probably think of to deal with that.
0: So, I think that's it for our overview and review of the content of the books. I think it's really easy reading the books. It's, it's nothing. Mm. There's a lot of guidance on how to design mysteries. There's a lot of things because you can see the DNA of *Power by the Apocalypse* with like countdown clocks talked about a lot in there, and Mm -hmm. uh, making and also uh, like making mysteries where the antagonists are responsive to what the players are doing. So or making them see the folly of their ways if they get distracted by something. You know, the mystery, the 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 threat still progresses. Uh, The other interesting thing is the other different way you can play *Tales from the Loop* or *Things from the Flood* is you can play using the mystery landscape, which is essentially taking a lot of different mysteries that you've got that you want to use, tying them together, and but they can be explored in a... You can explore them in a non-linear linked manner. So Mm. it's more sandbox, and that could work for a campaign quite in an interesting way. Um, You know, where one mystery... As you investigate one mystery, it kind of gives you the clues and hints on how to progress on another mystery. So it's getting more kind of that fallout kind of three kind of type thing where you're, you've you got like three or four like plot lines going yeah. on at the same time.
2: It's one thing that you notice across all of the kind of the Year Zero themed or Year Zero systems, so aliens as well a little bit, Oh, things from the flood and uh, tales from the loop and mutants of Year Zero as well. Is um, the overarching idea is a one-shot system, um, and it seems that it was designed around a one-shot system because, especially with tales and things, it's a group of kids. You're not going; they're not going to go for for weeks and weeks on end exploring all by themselves. So it works. They work quite well as one-shots, but it's nice to have this mystery landscape idea that allows you then to run a longer campaign?
0: Oh, I actually already own tales from the, our friends, the machines love mysteries so I'm gonna to have to read it. Um, <laughs> okay. I, what, nice. When did I get that PDF? I don't know. Um, that's how I use my uh, storyteller vault credit clearly um, <laughs> <fuck> yeah. <laughs> right um, yeah, uh, it's interesting actually one of the, the scenarios in there um, is uh, and this is actually something a reason why I would run tales. And run this particular scenario because already I''m, I'm like okay I can do this one is horror movie mayhem and <laughs> this is the brief uh, synopsis of it the 80s was a decade of moral panic when everything when everything new was dangerous and corrupting in this mystery the kids will investigate what is really happening in and around the local video store. this gets us back to the mm. not the last darker Day, the not the last secret frequency episode the episode before that, which me and Mike covered, and we were talking about the Satanic Panic. So mm. you can look to that, and you, again, I would at this point say you can go through a shit ton of our secret frequencies. I am certain you will find things that will fit tales or things. It's the
2: perfect system for it. It is, it is secret frequencies. It is your folk horror weirdness um, horror story stuff. So it is kind of frequencies yeah delve through that you'll find stuff instantaneously
0: yeah cool um yeah and then also there's like they they call them mixtapes so it's like eight short mysteries based on classic pop songs from the era so um we can tapes. mostly we can mostly we should do that we should definitely do that i mean we can't put anything out on the free league um community uh publishing thing on drive Through RPG because tells from the loop and things are not options on there which is undoubtedly related to the fact that there's the Amazon Prime TV series on the horizon announced. So obviously IP is very locked down on these things mm. right now, but doesn't mean we can't just suggest what our mixtape of um, things from the flood would be based upon our favorite nineties uh, songs.
2: Yeah, we could certainly do that. That would be, that would be kind of a, a nice cool little exercise to do.
0: That would be a fun exercise to do. Cool. Is that everything? Have we covered everything there? James, you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think we've, uh, man, that's, that's been, it's been really interesting because as I say, you know, I knew tales, but I didn't know, uh, I didn't know things. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, so it's been, it's been really awesome discussing this.
0: Right. Um, so to finish up, uh, if people want to support the podcast uh, and things, there are different ways they can do that because, um, Maybe when this episode goes out, but it mostly won't be. So I'm not going to say it is. Um, but you can get on the Storyteller Vault a number of interesting uh items from Dark Days Radio, written by myself and 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 Mike and James, uh, which include Sins Washed Away, a uh, Chronicles of Darkness Mortals scenario based in Sheffield. It is very urban weird, uh, and you can also pick up uh, the. Secret fre- frequency files, which has all about the Isle of Wight, as written by James, and has about uh, Liverpool and a particular vampire, or has about the alchemist with ruby eyes. It is in that is set in Berlin and is perfect material for mage. So pick those up, and they are very useful for all your games. Uh, then, obviously, James, you have things on the DM's Guild. You've got some uh, short yeah,
1: documents I've... with items and stuff. I've got. Uh, I've got two. Item combinations, 20 magical items each, um, not all of them going for like super overpowered, but like fun, weird stuff to give you more flavor in your games. Yes. Uh, I have a race of immortal self reincarnating jellyfish people um, <laughs> uh, based on actual jellyfish that return to a uh, juvenile stage to nice. basically just continue living. Um, and I also have recently written up a, uh, a New wizard tradition, which focuses on uh, having a whole bunch of familiars and using them to do bigger spells.
0: The obviously, um, Dark Hammer, most recent episode is out where me and David talk about uh law and order uh in the Imperium and the different types of characters you can play related to you know keeping the peace. Uh, most probably next episode, I think we're going to look at elves and elves. Uh, given recent announcements from Games Workshop regard to product ranges for Age of Sigmar, uh, so we'll do a broad slice about elves, but we're mostly going to ignore Eldar because that's just a huge topic on its own. Uh, yep. Based off the back of this episode, we're going to have to review Alien. Uh, I know people yep. have already re- reviewed it, but you know we take our time. This is the thing: we take our time to read these books. We're not frothers. Um, yeah, you know, we're not going to go, oh, it's great, you should buy it. We're going to like we properly do a deep dive. Obviously, if you really want to find out loads about um, books by Free League, uh, you should hop over to our friends at the Effect Podcast. Uh, They recently have now they've they've split their actual plays off into a different podcast um, feed, so they're separate from their magazine format. And we like them because, of course, they do magazine format uh, episodes. Uh, podcasts like our own they don't just do actual plays and that's all they ever do they actually do content like we do so uh, if you want more stuff and find out more of the freely games um, they're the best people to go to Uh, but yeah we'll be doing we're going to talk about Alien it's inevitable Um, Mm -hmm. so we'll review that yeah yeah exactly and uh, if people want to get into contact with us they can get in contact via darkdaysradio@gmail.com. radio at gmail.com. They can find us on Twitter at dark days radio, Instagram at dark days radio, Facebook dark days radio. And of course, via our WordPress where you will find inevitably at some point, more pictures of painted shit. Like, like, I don't know stuff for war cry or something for Necromunda or I, I, I just got the next thing you're going to see on there. It's going to be pretty boring. It's going to be the Necromunda Zomort House tiles painted. <laughs> they are flat and they are fucking square. But they're going to look shit hot once they're painted and have my terrain on it. Um, I should probably I, get
2: back to painting and writing stuff for that. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah. We loads of cool stuff. But I think that's everything. Are we happy I've covered everything? Yeah, and yeah, of course, yeah. they can find more stuff, uh, David, on your own... Um, uh, you can know, go on your Instagram for painted stuff you're working yeah, so, on some things
2: uh what is that uh facebook rising sun painting studios or hegel uh yeah. on instagram don't ask me about the spelling
0: <laughs> yeah uh but all that shit's also you know in show notes so with that thank you david thank you james for taking the time to read these books and go through them with me on the no, show though and to our listeners we will be back soon with something exciting about i think we're emotionally about time we talked about fall of london and chicago by night and of course i guess on that episode we'll get crystal on because she wrote for chicago by night so we can talk about it in a really kind of offhand way um, <laughs> and and get the nitty-gritty on it so thank you and good night